driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing. I'm Emma with 10 years of the marketing industry experience, two degrees, four awards, and a whole heap of learnings along the way. I'm here to be your marketing mentor and tell you everything I wish I'd have known to give you the skills and confidence to become a superstar marketing manager. And I'm here to be your biggest cheerleader. So pour yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Hello, we are so close to Christmas now, which is my favourite time of year. I, as you know, probably from listening to all of my Christmas hints, is I love Christmas. I could literally, I'm one of those girls, I saw a TikTok and it was like, I could celebrate Christmas in July. Like, I love it that much. So, Merry Christmas. Hope you all have some mulled wine on the go when you're listening to this, not coffee. So, I love looking back at my years and seeing what I've learned and what I want to take forward into the next year. So I've jotted down quite a lot of my top marketing lessons from this year that I want to share with you all. Some of them I've learned like completely new this year. Other ones it's things that I have remembered that are really fundamental to having success in marketing and so I've like reminded myself this year and I've written them down because I really want to hold myself accountable for when you get into next year and you are in the thick of marketing plans and you're trying to figure out which way is up looking back at things like these kinds of podcasts or lists that you've made yourself can really just like help ground you and help give you an answer if you're unsure of what direction to go with in your marketing journey. So they're in no order whatsoever, but at the very end of this podcast, I'm going to tell you a saying that I heard on a different podcast and I think it is going to be the overarching theme of what I am going to take into 2023 working still in B2B marketing. So the first one, and this one is about TikTok. It is definitely here to stay. I actually think it's a really, really valuable marketing platform, especially for millennials. I think that we've all known now it's not just Gen Z's that are on there. And the reason why, I know everyone's like, TikTok's here to stay, like why TikTok? The reason why I like it is the algorithm is just so much better than any other social platform. It really helps to get organic content, good content to lots and lots of eyeballs. And it's really good at like finding the tribes of who, like their people, niches, and giving them that kind of content. And I just love that, yeah, there's paid ads on there, but one, the advertisers that do paid ads on there are so seamless. Like half the time you don't even know it's a sponsored ad. But the second one is that they still haven't done what Instagram did where they used to give loads and loads of weight to organic and then they got greedy with their spend and then they gave hardly any organic reach and now you have to spend a lot on ads to get that same kind of reach. So hopefully Instagram will learn from TikTok and put, I mean, I know they do it with reels, but still, it's still not as good a reach as TikTok in my opinion. I also just love how the TikTok app works. I think it's much more seamless and I think that people do spend hours on that just because of how the app is set up and how easy it is. One thing that might be a bad thing that I've learned about my algorithm when I'm on there is that like if I watch two videos in a in a row that are the same sort of subject then it just like peppers me with all of that kind of content. So the algorithm is so on point that you then get like stuck with five videos of me watching what somebody eats in a day because I watched one video. 
and I'm like, okay, well, I just wanted to see it, but I don't want all 15 of my next videos to be what someone eats in a day. So it is, yeah, very good though. The next one, and I've started seeing this crop up, which I'm sure you all have as well, is I really think that Be Real will be the next social app to watch in 2023. I think that it's got more legs than Clubhouse, if anybody knows that started the going on the app Clubhouse. I think that Be Real will be even bigger and it'll be interesting to see how they start to monetize it and how brands can get it into their plans. The next one is... LinkedIn. So I spend a lot of time in LinkedIn now, as you all know, because I'm B2B. And I really feel like they are trying to improve. They have changed the interface of the ads. They do more things now. They like encourage you to have more ad variants in your ads. Like it literally comes up and says, use five ads because you'll have a better performance. I really do feel like they're trying to improve, but I just still feel like it's the most disappointing. Like it's just, yeah, not moving as quick as the other ones. And I don't know if that's a lesson, but it's just like, oh, come on, LinkedIn, pull your socks up and be more like TikTok in your algorithm. And they definitely desperately need to do some updates so that marketers do some more things. Yeah, they brought out some some cool things this year, like adding more industries that we can target and getting more specific, but it is still really clunky and ugh, yeah, a pain, especially with some of the retargeting things. So get on that. The next one is planning is still my best success tool. I always look back at and when I'm looking forward or looking back or stressed or in any frame of mind, I'm like, okay, what can I do to get the results that I want and I need? And planning, yeah, is definitely the way that I think that I work the best. And I think that that's where we get the most results is when we've got a really solid plan and we execute the plan. I guess planning is one thing, but then executing is the second. And so making sure that you've got a realistic plan that you can then go and execute those two things together are definitely things to remember, like when you're stripping it back to basics, go to those two. The next one is your website speed is really important. People in digital teams, agencies, anybody is like always seems to bang on about your website speed and so much so I think it like gets lost in the noise because it's like a constant thing but it can really make or break what marketing you're doing. If your website speed is slow you'll be seeing from you might have the best ads in the world, you might have the best content to get people to your website but if your website speed is slow people are like just going to click off and so you'll really see a high correlation in the amount of clicks that you've been getting, but then you might be having a low correlation in terms of like your actual website sessions. And it's probably your website speed. I feel like website speed is a lot of reasons why things are not successful. And people are looking at like, is it the landing page? I mean, it very well could be, but the root cause might be your website speed. So when anybody is talking to you about your website speed, check it. You can check your website speed. So don't let it be one of those things that's just sort of, noise in the background and really make sure that you're on it and checking and doing simple things like making sure that if you're uploading images that you have made sure that they're a small size you can do that on free websites so yeah just little things like that the next one is spend more time looking at your landing pages and being really really critical of them so your landing pages are the pages where people come to after you've served them a piece of content and then that's the url that you're sending them to do not just send them to your homepage because that's not really helping anything. You need to think, okay, what do I want their journey to be? And 
landing pages can be a real big source of why you're not being successful. I think that ads also sometimes get the blame and your ads could be great, but your landing page is just not serving. So spend more time looking at your landing pages. If you can put Hotjar on it, Hotjar is a really good analytics tool, which you put on the website and then it basically tells you and shows you like a heat map of what people are doing on the page. So you can see if there's any problem areas and yeah, definitely like I might do a podcast on landing pages because I feel like they're again one of those things that's like yeah it's important but then you just focus so much time on creating the ads and the plan that then it's like the landing page is just sort of like on the list but it's not sort of front of mind the next one and I think that everybody's learned this this year is make your paid social content the same as your organic content it's definitely content that works the best and I think that when I first started out even not even that long ago when I was doing like a lot of paid ads maybe let's say three years ago it was very very different like the paid social team was doing completely different content to the organic social team and people have learned from the likes of reels the likes of tiktoks that actually the best content and actually and influencers as well influencers are so successful yeah one because they have influence but two because of the type of content that they create is authentic and so you need to have that frame of mind thinking authentic content when you're creating your paid social content even if you're in a different team than the organic content, see what see what the organic team are doing and see what you can put on your page and use your social proof from your organic content to see what's the best performing to go on your paid content. So yeah, they're not, they are definitely the same. Do not think, oh, I need different ones. Okay, this is a big one that I learned this year and it's learning motivation comes and goes and be okay with that. So I put a lot of pressure on myself because when I first started marketing, I was like, woohoo, I've got my degrees, I can do marketing now. And there was a couple of years there where I didn't really do much learning. And then when COVID came, I I didn't do much learning because, you know, I had a job and I wanted to, in my downtime, not be learning about marketing and, you know, doing other things. COVID came and I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and managed to learn a lot more. And then I realized really from there you need to be learning all of the time and yeah I'd done bits and bobs before COVID but I think COVID was like the first time since I left university where I actually had big big chunks of time to to learn more but having said that sometimes I go out on my dog walk and I want to listen to a marketing podcast sometimes I go on my walk and I want to listen to a Colleen Hoover book that is completely made up story about something that is fun and light and I always think, oh, if I was on a dog, I always have to listen to a marketing thing and learn. It's like, you don't have to. Some some months I want to, and literally other months, I'm like, I just want to go away from marketing. I don't want to learn anything this month. I just want to relax. And it's like being okay with not having that pressure that you always have to be doing something, side hustling, doing something for your career. Like, it's absolutely fine if you want to listen to Wednesday We Drink Wines podcast or anything that's just a bit more of a like zen kind of thing. Okay, this is something that I've not learned this year, but I just like remembered that I think brand marketing is the absolute best kind of marketing, but also it is so difficult to measure. And when you're doing your brand marketing, don't expect results like instantly. It is definitely a long process. I measure the brand marketing results from about six, like giving myself a six month grace, but also, yeah, it's really difficult. You can look at 
you can try and to an educated guess, like looking at your Google Analytics, looking what's from your traffic, looking at your results, but it is really difficult to measure, but it's it's just because it's difficult to measure, you have to still have it within your marketing plans. Don't just be like, oh, well, we only do performance marketing and digital marketing because we can measure it. Brand marketing is so fundamental and it should be like the baseline threaded through every single channel and all of your plans. The next one is don't look at what you did last year and repeat. Your marketing plan could be completely different in theory to what you did the year before or what the person that did your job before you did. Don't think, okay, I'm coming to the end of this year. I need to do my marketing plan for 2023 and I need it to be a carbon copy of 2022. Marketing is changing so so quickly i remember a time when facebook was like the fundamental channel to have in marketing plans now it's not even in my marketing plan for next year it's completely gone so that's just one quick example of a channel that i'm like nope it's going i reckon i have got got two new channels for next year but then i probably keep about 60% of the marketing that I'm doing this year and then 40% will be new. That's because we had good results this year and so I want to keep building on what we implemented this year. But if my results weren't working, you better believe I would rip the marketing plan up and start again. And I would do that whenever it was, whatever month it was. But yeah, I think that sometimes it's like, oh, well, well, we did this last year. No, you don't have to do that. Okay, the next one is, this is what I do. I plan 80% of my marketing schedule, but then I have 20% free for reactive marketing, which could be something that's come out in the press in your industry. It could be something that is just in general news. It could be something that somebody in the team's had a really good idea and you're like, actually, yeah, let's do that this time. Do not plan 100% because there's always gonna be curveballs of things that you wanna add in. You also might not complete that 80% if there's even more reactive marketing than the 20% that you've left free. So you'll need to get ready to pivot, but I always find that I like to have 80% of my marketing plan scheduled, especially for the next three months. I do it usually to six months, but yeah, that's how much I plan. Okay, here's another one. Don't benchmark yourselves against the people that are singing from the rooftops on LinkedIn. I always see marketers and people that are influencers in the industry in the in the marketing world and the marketing leaders and I always think oh my gosh they're posting all of the time they are having so much success like firstly absolute kudos to them but don't benchmark they don't, they're not showing their bad days they're not showing what they've done to do that they're not showing the five years that it's taken to get to that place they've not shown all of the hours behind the scenes of what they've been doing I mean they might be doing that which is great for them but I think that there's so much pressure like when I see it on LinkedIn I'm always like oh I need to be doing more with my podcast and I'm like actually I have a full-time job I do this because I love it and I'm not like, oh my gosh, I need more listeners. I need more this, I need more that. And yeah, we all know what we could be doing to push things more. But I just think, oh gosh, I try not to have that guilt when I see them all being very successful on LinkedIn. And I do a couple of posts a month and don't ever barely say that I've even made an episode, which is terrible, I know. The next one is no matter how busy your week is, check your Google Analytics, even if it's 20 minutes for the week, I've done a podcast a couple episodes ago on what to do if you have half an hour a week to check Google Analytics. You need to be checking it to see what's working and what's not. Okay, 
Next one is don't forget the quiet but powerful channels. And here I mean the ones that are seem to be working the hardest but getting the least amount of clout. You'll have some really like sexy channels. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word. Glamorous channels like your big above the line pieces, like your campaigns, like your influencer, like your organic social even potentially. But there's some really powerful, good results-driven channels like your email marketing, like your SEO, like your LinkedIn ads funnel that is retargeting people that have been on a certain web page for a certain amount of days. Don't forget those channels. They are less glamorous. They are potentially more boring sorry email marketing and seo but getting those fundamentals right can really bolster your results so don't forget them make time to make sure that they are running they're efficient if you can do anything else with them the next one is tv advertising is more accessible than ever this year i did tv advertising in both the us and the uk and they've really upped their games the last couple of years to have that crossover with the traditional TV ads and also digital. If you go back to episode 40, I've done TV ads, what I wish I'd known, plus how they're more accessible than ever. So go back and listen to that. This is what I did this year with Sky and the new ad formats that they have and how they, yeah, join data together to make it a more strategic channel. I definitely always said, oh no, I I can't afford TV ads, but actually it's not hundreds of thousands of pounds. It can be much much cheaper and there's lots of different avenues and options I also like it because not only is it cheaper but it's more targeted so bringing those two things together and the level of trust that comes with advertising on tv and having your target audience see your ad can be really really valuable so it's definitely one to consider for next year would be my advice The next one is podcast advertising. So I really believe in podcast advertising. I think it's a really, really good route, especially if you're looking at podcasts that are literally in your niche area. The niche, the better, of course. But I think that podcast is one of these places where once you have an audience on a podcast, they're a really loyal audience. And so getting to match your brand with a podcast that has a really consistent audience then makes it such a good option I also love that because podcast listeners are so loyal that if you have a deal with a podcast where it's like okay we're gonna sponsor six episodes you're then gonna get that repeat in their ears for six weeks in a row and I like remember the ads now that are on the same podcast I listen to because I'm like oh I know it's coming up I know it and it stays in my mind much better also I love that with podcast advertising you can make the hosts actually like talk about the ad so it's a lot more authentic than like delivering your ad to them and saying hey play this which I've done and I think it's a good thing but I think even better than that is getting the podcast either host or hosts to talk through the quote-unquote ad and yeah it just runs more seamless and makes it more authentic the final one is one thing to remember your marketing strategy is informed opinion so it's your best opinion it's your best guess but it is an opinion and so you have to be humble with this and if things aren't working you have to remember going into your google analytics and check how things are doing check on social check what people are saying check the results and if things aren't working you have to either 
try different things to make it work or maybe it is time to take that tactic out of your plan or out of your strategy I think that probably what marketing I do, I reckon 80% is effective and 20% isn't. And that's after 10 years of being in marketing. But I'm okay with that because the 20% that doesn't work is showing that we're trying different things. It's showing that we're trying to be more creative. It shows we're trying to do new channels. It shows we're trying to do a different message strategy. But you have to be like, okay, let's not put that in there anymore. And don't be so hard on yourself if it doesn't work because it is an informed opinion but it's a you calling it a marketing strategy sounds very nice but it is just an opinion so I said I was going to finish this podcast with what am I using my 2023 overarching thoughts and saying that I'm going to take into everything that I'm going to do and I heard this from somebody called Fergus O'Carroll and I just loved it and it said be strategically consistent and creatively unpredictable. And as a brand marketer, it just really rang through with me. I love to be creatively unpredictable in the campaigns that we run, but I also love to be very strategic and I love to be consistent. So I think every single word in that whole sentence, be strategically consistent and creatively unpredictable, just sums up what a really good, well-oiled marketing department and marketing strategy and marketing plan should look like and having that unpredictability is really how you're going to get those viral moments how you're going to get the leads that you want how you're going to get whatever your desired conversion is that you want your audience to take over and over again I think that that is the best way to do it so I'm going to be taking that into next year But for now, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to have some more mulled wine, I'm going to have a mince pie or three, hang out with my dog, watch plenty of Netflix rubbish TV and not think about marketing during these two weeks of Christmas break. Then the plan is that we are going to be having guests on Marketing Nuggets from next year. I'm not sure yet, I'm not going to officially say but I'm going to take maybe a month or two to get everything ready and then we will be starting season four with guests as well as me. So it is going to be a bit different. So I hope you all have a lovely festive period, whatever you are doing. Thank you for listening to Marketing Nuggets this year. I honestly can't believe how much my audience has grown from when I first started doing this. If you haven't left me a review, if you could leave me a review on the Apple Podcasts, that would be incredible. It'll be an amazing Christmas present for me and have a lovely break. And I will be back in 2023 to talk more things marketing behind the scenes and take you through some of my stories, the good, the bad and the ugly. So chat to you then. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.